going? Good morning, everybody. This morning we're going to talk about being a worthy container. You say, well, what kind of container? Well, we'll get there. But we're going to start over in Luke chapter 5. And it's a conversation recorded for us by the Holy Spirit that all started when Pharisees said in verse 33 of Luke 5, John's disciples often fast and pray. And so do the disciples of Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. And so you had this group of men that were observing that John the Baptist, his disciples fasted and prayed, and the Pharisees, their disciples fasted. They said, we notice that you don't. And your disciples don't either. And Jesus answered in verse 34, Can you make the guests of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days they will fast. No one tears a patch from a new garment and sews it on an old one. If he does, he will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, the new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one, after drinking the old wine, wants the new, for he says the old is better. And Jesus talking here about the lifestyle that his disciples are living. And he goes, you know what? There's going to be a time when they will fast and pray. But, but that's in the future. That's going to be a new situation for them. But right now, they're, they're living a different life. And he tells them a story. He says, you know what? If you're going to store new wine, you pour it into new wineskins. Because if you put the new wine into the old wineskins, they're going to burst open and then everything's going to be ruined. You know, I had a situation happen to me on Friday where I was actually up here at Rancho Pico, met with one of the administrators. And then I was leaving and I was talking to Aaron on the phone and our, our car started making this loud fluttering noise. It's like, that doesn't sound right. And so I keep talking with Aaron and the noise gets louder and louder. And I'm like, Aaron, I'm going to have to call you back. My car's having issues. And so I just decided I'm going to drive straight over to Toyota. Now, I prefaced that by saying about a month ago, uh, fortunately, our car was under warranty. It had about a $3,000 engine seal replaced. So they had to take the whole engine apart to replace this one seal that was leaking. So I thought, well, maybe something went wrong with that. So I, I go straight over to Toyota and, the, you know, when you, you go and you get in that line and then the... Uh, director of service comes out and he goes, sir, is there a problem? I go, well, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I know it's making noises that it shouldn't. And so he starts it and you're hearing that and he goes, yeah, I see what you're saying. We look under the car and oil is just pouring out of the car. And I go, yeah, there's my problem. See, it's all over your, your driveway. And he goes, yeah, we'll get that in right away. Well, it turns out 
that there is a thing called an oil cooler in the car, and then you know there's a, a pipe that connects the oil cooler to the, the oil pan, and it was made out of rubber. Well, the car's got 107,000 miles on it, so eventually the rubber deteriorated and broke. And so oil's just pouring out all over the car. So, you know, they came back and they said, you know what, we found the problem. It's this oil cooler line, and so we'll get it fixed and it won't be that expensive. Now, can you imagine if I told that guy, man, I am so mad at the stupid oil would have looked at me like, what? I mean, oil. I, I can't believe my car's got oil in it. I mean, you know, and it just poured out all over. You know why? Because the oil was not the problem. It was the container that was supposed to keep the oil in that was the problem. But, you know, sometimes we complain about the oil when the oil is just fine. And, you know, you have this situation in Jesus' ministry where Jesus is trying to get them to understand, no, 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 we're kind of in a new wine mode. You're in the old wine mode and you don't take new wine and put it into old wine skins because then they're going to burst. You know, the problem was not with the new wine that Jesus was bringing to the situation. The problem was with the container. And see, I want you to think for a moment of of what kind of a container are you for what God wants to store in you? You know, Jesus says, okay, old wine goes in old wineskins, new wine in new wineskins. What kind of container do you have? You know, I think... uh, When you've got something pouring all over the ground, you go, we need to fix the container. And that's point number one. Sometimes you just need to change the container. And that really is Jesus' message to us. He called it, you must be born again. He talked about being renewed, being transformed, being sanctified. There's so many different words, but none of them have anything to do with the new wine. The problem was not the ministry of Jesus. The problem was not the gospel message. The problem is not what the Bible teaches. The problem is not the expectations. The Bible is actually directing us to, to be a different container. Hey, the stuff that we're supposed to store from God is okay. That will not be our problem. But if we don't change the container and then we try and get the new teaching in, we're going to have... We're going to have issues. Now, turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul says this kind of in a different way. Second Corinthians 3, starting verse 17. He says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Now go down to verse seven. It says. 
But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. And then verse 16 through 18, he says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, Jesus talked about being the right kind of wineskin. Paul says, okay, let's use a different word. It's a jar of clay. He says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. What's a jar of clay? It's you. It's the human body. It's not meant to last forever. It's just to focus on one thing. What's, what's a jar of clay supposed to do? Paul says, well, it just holds on to the treasure. It just keeps it safe. You know, right here, this is my favorite thermos. This is older than most of the people in the front row. Uh, if you look at it, it's all dented up. I mean, I've dropped it so many times. It's gotten banged around. The uh, stainless, you know, cover on the cup came unglued one day, so I dumped epoxy glue in there and shoved it back together. And, you know, it's just all beat up on the outside. But you know what I figured out in the... I think 22 years I've had this thermos. The coffee, and that's all that goes in here, coffee. And I've told my wife, do not put tea in here. I do not want tea messing with my coffee flavor. The coffee that is stored in here for road trips, you know what I learned in 22 years? The coffee doesn't care what the outside of the thermos looks like. Is that amazing? The coffee doesn't care if it's dented. It doesn't care if it's beat up. It doesn't even care that when I re-glued it, there's epoxy kind of oozing out the edge. It doesn't matter because the inside does the job that my favorite 22-year-old thermos is supposed to do. Now, see, Paul says that you're, you're an old beat-up thermos Not for coffee, although coffee is definitely from Jesus. It is. But God has given you a treasure. And he's storing it in your jar of clay. Now, Paul says, a lot happens to, the, to that Holy Spirit thermos. He says in verse 8, he says, we're hard-pressed on every side. 
but not crushed, perplexed, not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You know, what's all that talking about? That's just the life we live. You know, you you can kick this thermos down a step and it it does just fine. You know what Paul says? You're going to get kicked. You're going to get squished. You're going to be perplexed. Your jar of clay is going to have all kinds of bumps and scratches and battle scars and issues and problems. But the stuff on the inside doesn't really care what happens to the outside as long as it stays protected. You know, isn't that amazing? So if you got the right kind of container, even though it can get all banged up, it still does its job. But if you got the wrong kind of container and the treasure gets poured in, it can burst the container. You see, what kind of container are you? You know, life is rough. There's a reason why they make thermoses out of steel. Now, my all-time favorite thermos was this Tim Hortons one I had from Canada. And it was, you know, a glass, vacuumed, internal, mirror-lined. So, you know, we studied about thermal transport in physics class. And you're like, that's why... It works so well, that coffee would stay hot for 24 hours in that thermos. But the problem is if you drop it, the vacuum glass line thing shattered and exploded. So now they make them out of stainless steel. The fact is, God designed you to hold a very precious treasure. He wants it taken care of. He said, you know what? You're durable. You're going to go through life and you're going to take some hits. But you'll be just fine. Sometimes, you know, you got to get some duct tape and you got to get some human epoxy glue and you got to re- put the cap back on. It was a rough day or a rough week. But the treasure inside doesn't really care what's happening on the outside because the container is not meant to last forever. It's just supposed to protect the treasure. You know, Jesus talks about having the right kind of container. And he compared it and he said, you got new wine skins or old wine skins. Now you say, well, what would the difference between those be? We're going to do some really deep Bible study. You ready? The new ones are new. And the old ones are old. It says that in the Greek. It also says that in the English. You know, that's deep Bible study. What's Jesus' point? That God calls us to a new way of living. But if you stay the old wineskin, you're going to have issues. You say, what does that mean? It means if you try and add Jesus to your old wineskin way of life, you're going to have problems. 
You see, sometimes we just we live life, and life's hectic, and especially depending on the number of kids you have in the stage of life, it's more hectic, and you've got all this stuff going on, and you come to church, and Jesus says, here's the way I want you to live, and you're like, I'm overwhelmed. You say, well, you're overwhelmed because you're not the new wineskin. You're trying to put the new thing into the old wineskin and figuring out how that's all going to work. You know, Paul said where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You want to know how, how to kind of get an idea of the condition of your wineskin? Is when you read God's Word, does it bring freedom and relief? Or is it like a burden? And it's restrictive. It is keeping me from living the way I want. You see, when you feel restricted, that's old wineskin living. New wineskin is like, man, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. This is awesome. Do you remember the first time you read passages in the Bible that applied exactly to what you're going through? And you're like, no way. I thought this book was old and outdated. I always laugh as a minister. Almost every sermon, I've got at least one person that says, so-and-so told you I was coming, didn't they? When I was a young minister, I didn't know what they meant. But what they're thinking is, I felt like you were speaking right to me. Now that I've been around for a while, I play along with it. Yeah, they did. They emailed me this morning and they said to make sure to look at you when I make that point. They're like, I knew it. And I'm like, I'm joking. (laughs) No, the Bible was written for the human heart. And technology's changed, but the human heart has not. And so you read God's Word and you go, oh man, this is exactly what I need right now in this situation. But it's amazing how two people can read the same verse and one's like, oh man. And the other's like, yes, this is exactly what I need. The Word didn't change. The issue is the container that it's in. Now, you know, another uh, really cool thing is uh, a lot of us know the bird family. You know, we, we love Tom and Linda, and we, we got their daughter in our ministry and grandsons and son-in-law, and they make journeys back. If you didn't know this, Tom's business all has to do with sewer pipes. Okay? So you've got these communities that put in old sewer pipes long time ago, and then you get problems with the sewer pipes and they break. And, and so you got kind of a couple different choices. You could dig all the old pipes up, you know, all that trench, dig it all up, and then you could put down new pipes. But Tom's business is, is really spectacular because you know what they do? They just leave the old pipes in place and give it a new lining. So they take this epoxy tube, they pull it all the way through the sewer line, they heat up this hot, moist air, run it through the pipe, it expands and it solidifies, and then they just cut out the little side holes that go to the homes along the way. And it's like you just got a whole new sewer pipe. Now the old external is still there, but it's got a whole new lining. A sparkly, nice new lining for that fresh sewage to come out of the house and in. But you didn't have to dig anything out. You just pulled a liner in there and you go, 
That's really ingenious, don't you think? You know, sometimes that's the way life is. And Jesus just says, hey, you know what? You just need a new lining. Okay, the thermos is going to look the same, but we're going to give it a new lining for God's treasure. And in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul talks about this, and he says in verse 17, now this, this is the old, old wineskin, this is the old liner, this is the one that needs an upgrade. Verse 17, I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Say, so this is like the old way. It says, what's this liner look like? Well, it's one that's trying to be happy, be fulfilled through, you know, just pleasure. Just if it feels good, do it. You know, you got a party, you got to do this. I mean, it could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be food. You know, there's so many different ways that our society tries to find happiness and joy and fulfillment. You know, especially when you're in high school or college, you know, and, and there's this teaching out there that somehow that's just normal and that's what you're supposed to be doing with your life at that point in time. Now, you know how Paul described that life? He said the futility of their thinking. You know, I remember as a college student, drinking so much, you wouldn't even remember hours of my life. And the next morning, waking up with this massive hangover, going, that was stupid. My wallet's empty. My head hurts. I will never do that again. The hangover would wear off. Right back at it again the night before. You ever ever wonder why we do that? Like, would you counsel you to do what you do? You know, that's always a good question, you know, when we're evaluating life choices. One day when you have kids and they say, Dad, Mom, what do you think? I've got two choices here. What do you think? What would you tell them? And yet, some of us are just in this endless cycle of doing the the destructive behavior. And and we're trying. And you know what? What used to get us fired up and it used to be so exciting. Now it doesn't bring about that excitement. So we need higher levels of excitement. We need to party harder because, you know, it used to be just doing this was fun. But now it's not. So we got to go crazy if we're really going to have a great night. You know, impurity leads to pornography, leads to immorality, leads to abortions, leads to destruction and marriages and families. 
You see, you know, when, when we are darkened in our life, we live some pretty awful ways. And yet we look back and go, I don't even understand why I was doing it. I'd feel empty at the end of it. It just was, was kind of lame, but then I'd do it again the next day. This is what Paul's describing. He said, ignorance, it's in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Yeah, when your heart's hard, you don't feel what you ought to feel. Instead of feeling bad or ashamed, because what we did, it becomes normal. And certainly we can find somebody in our society that will tell us it's normal and not bad. But that's not the container that God designed you to be. In verse 20, he contrasts it and he says, You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by his deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You know what he's saying? Hey, when you came to know Jesus, you got relined. You know, you had your old, stinky, corroded, broken sewer pipe. And then Jesus just put a new lining in there and it's all nice and new. Oh, you know, the outside, it looked the same. You know, the old self and the new self, they look exactly the same from the outside. But what's different is what's on the inside. Jesus does not say, try and function with the old self. He says, no, you get rid of the old self. It's the same thing about what Jesus was talking about with new and old wineskins. He said, you don't take a new patch and put it on an old wineskin, or then it's going to shrink and it's going to burst open. It's not going to work. No, you, get, you need an entire reline. You need a whole different skin. And we will run into trouble every time if we look at God in the Bible is kind of this patchwork. Oh, I got this spiritual hole. Okay. Oh, I read this verse. Okay, here's a patch. Okay, here's another patch. And she's like, yeah, but the problem as soon as you pour the wine in, the patches are going to pull away. It's not going to last. He goes, you need a whole new skin. And this is what Paul's talking about here. The new self is created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. But the choice of what kind of container is up to you. You see, the old way is futile thinking. The old way is stuck in the past. The old way is constantly rubbed by new ideas and new ways. The old way, the old skin is constantly blaming the new wine for its problems. You say, what kind of container 
will you choose to be? You know, one of the most amazing things to me is that it is a choice that we have. It's your choice. It's not a choice somebody else can make for you. It's got to be your choice. But the good news is that it is a choice. So change the container. Now, second thing is, once you change the container, here's point two. Store the right stuff. Now go back to where we started in Luke 5. In Luke 5, verse 38, Jesus says, No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And then he says, And no one after drinking old wine wants the new. For he says, The old is better. Now that's an interesting add on. So he's talking about having a new wineskin, being a new wineskin, so the new wine can be poured in. And then he goes, okay, but then if you go back and you drink the old wine, you know what? You're not going to want the taste of the new wine. So what's his point? What What does he mean by that? He says, you can become a new wine skin. You can become the right container. But then you start storing the wrong wine on the inside. And he said, you know what happens? You lose your taste for the new wine. Hebrews puts it another way. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 13 through 16. He says, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he's prepared a city for them. He said, man, they became new wineskins. He goes, they admitted they're aliens, they're strangers on earth. It doesn't fit in with the old way that society lived. He says, they're not fitting in. They're aliens, they're strangers. And then he says, if they'd been thinking of the country they'd left they'd have opportunity to return. He said, you know what? You become a new wineskin and you're filled up with new wine and then you start sampling the old wine, you can like it better. You know why? Because the old wine doesn't demand any change. The old wine is what you're already used to. You already developed a palate for that. You know, every new husband knows that if your wife makes chicken and it's not as good as the way your mom made chicken, 
that you do not say, honey, this is really good, but not as good as my mom used to make it. Not when you get married. That new chicken, you develop a taste for that. You like that chicken. You know what happens if you comment on the new chicken? You will sleep on the couch. Chicken comments will earn you loneliness. But Jesus says, and you can go through all the work and you become a new wineskin and you're loving the new wine and everything's good. And he says, you start thinking of the country you left. You'll get opportunity to, to return. Because the old wine tastes better. It's more palatable. You don't have, I mean, you just you don't have to change anything. All you have to do is just keep doing the way you've always lived. New wine's so much harder to adjust to. You gotta whole revamp your whole system just to store it properly. There's a lot of work, a lot of effort. You know what's amazing? Is that God knew we needed a little extra help. And it was really cool. We had uh, all the, the leaders of churches and ministry staffs from the Southwest United States, and we're even changing it to the, the PAC Southwest because we've got churches in Guam and Hawaii and, you know, islands way out there that are beautiful and all that, and they were there too. And Southwest U.S. just doesn't quite fit them, so we're adding PAC and Southwest to it. But one of the classes was taught by a uh, licensed therapist who's a minister, and he, and he talked for a little bit about that, how God wired the brain. And there is a chemical called dopamine that is in our brain, and it's pretty cool because when, when good things happen, the brain releases dopamine. And it's like, it's what makes you go, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, keep that up. That's really good. And when bad things happen and we get discouraged and we get depressed, you know what happens? It blocks the dopamine channels. So the very act of being depressed and discouraged blocks the chemical that God is trying to send you to give you energy and strength and motivation. So if you remember back to the series we did, 40 Days to a Joy-Filled Life, they talked about this. This is why your thoughts have such a profound effect on your actions. But you know what's really amazing about what God did? Do you know when the dopamine gets released? It's not when good things happen. It's when you anticipate good things happening. As soon as you think... Yes, I believe this good thing is going to happen. Dopamine starts flooding the brain going, oh, that's awesome. More of that. That's really good. That's really good. Now, think about this in Hebrews chapter 11, about what God calls us to. We're in verse 1. 
Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And then you get down to verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Wait, so faith is being sure of the good things happening. And God reinforces that in the brain. Isn't that amazing? Now, why would you ever want to stop the additional help that God gives you to be motivated? He says, quite frankly, you just need to have faith. The anticipation of what God is going to do will reinforce the exact same thing. Now, go back to 2 Corinthians 3, to the passage where we were talking about treasures and jars of clay. And he says this, verse 16 through 18, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away. Yet inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Paul said it's the same message. God made you into a new wineskin to do what? To store the right material. It's faith material. It's unseen material. It's the anticipation of what God is going to do. See, anybody can live by sight. That's how we lived before we became Christians. We believed it only if we saw it right here. I want proof. I want to see it right here, right now. And then all of a sudden, you were called to a life of faith and you realized God had this whole dimension and realm in front of you and you thought, I can be different. I can be a whole different person. Where's your proof? Nothing other than the Word of God. But it was so freeing. Remember how miserable you used to be going to bed? Going, Well, every day I'm going to wake up and be the exact same person. And then God redefined life and said, no, you can be different. You can be radically different. You're like, that's awesome. But you can have a really amazing container and then start storing the wrong stuff and wreck the whole process. Would you rather look good on the outside or be healthy? On the inside. You know, sometimes we won't even go to a doctor. Even for, I mean, what's the minimum requirement? Your annual physical. I mean, that, that is just like bare bones, 
minimum. And in some cases we go, I don't want to do that. You say, why? Well, because I don't want to find out that I might have a problem on the inside. Would you ever treat the outside of your body that way? No way, I'm not looking at a mirror. Because if I do, I might find out that I got issues. So I am just going to come to church, live in life, loving who I am. Now, even with an hour less sleep, I noticed that all you look good. You still got the appropriate prep time in this morning. Would you rather look good on the outside or be healthy on the inside? You see, God is revamping the inside because he's got this whole life waiting for us. So where do we start? Well, remember that group? Okay, Jesus, we noticed that you and your disciples are not doing what everybody else does. And we got a problem with that. And Jesus says, nah, you know what? You you, you can't put new wine into old wineskins. You've got to change the container. That's your choice. You change the container and you get God's word in you. It's just more freedom, more freedom, more freedom. Why? Because the dopamine's flowing. You're getting reinforced. It's like this is awesome. Keep it up. You're doing good work. The Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're going to have dents, see? That was parenting dent right there. I think that was a parenting dent. This was self-inflicted. That was self-inflicted. You know, we got all kinds of scratches and bumps and dents, but... The coffee does not care what the outside looks like. And Paul says, you know what? God has put a treasure inside of you. And you're going to go through stuff. You're going to have problems. You're going to have issues. But the treasure is going to be okay. So what decision will you make? What change will you make? We're not trying to look good on the outside. We want to be spiritually healthy on the inside. You have a choice to make. If you're studying the Bible, respond to what the Word of God says. Be that new container. The goal is not to take your old body and live God's way. We're not trying to just patch up the problems. He says, no, redefine who you are. Let God call you to that. Make those changes and let's enjoy the life that God's called us to together. Amen.